So I think one of the things about insight is that a lot of people don't understand it. So if you ask my parents what I do for a living, if you ask the majority of my friends, they haven't got a clue or what they would describe as something very different to what we actually do. And I think a lot of people still think insight is you ringing up, asking people questions over the phone, you stood on the street with a clipboard. So it would probably be to kind of, <laughs> funny enough, do your research and try and overcome all these myths about it and really find out for yourself because there's so many different parts of research. I mean, we've got the three main ones at Box Clever, the qual, quant and analytics, all completely different. So there's stuff for a lot of people out there and a lot of interest. Hello. And welcome to the Soapbox podcast, the podcast that gives you an insight into the people that do insight best. I'm Richard Brown, and I'm joined, as ever, by the wonderful Tilly Lewis. Our fourth guest is Quant Research's rising star, the Northeast's finest. She's possibly the most positive person we've ever met. She's also partial to a chicken parmo. It's Charlotte Hodgson, soon to be Andrews. Mm, hello. Thank you for joining us today. No worries. Charlotte, you're known for your can-do attitude, your boundless enthusiasm, delivering compelling debriefs, always with a smile on your face. But let's start with some serious stuff. Okay. (laughs) For those that don't know, what is a chicken parmo? It is a teesside delicacy. Um, and it's chicken breast that's been like, flattened to within an inch of its life, deep fried. Then you've got uh, bechamel sauce over the top and then grated, like usually the brightest yellow or orange cheese over the top and then baked in the oven. And it is delicious. Is the chicken like battered or breadcrumbed? Yeah, so it's deep fried. So you get the breadcrumbs and everything like that on it. So it's quite crispy. It does sound good. Thin. Yeah, and you can get mm. different toppings. So you can get put like pepperoni on, chili on. You can get a bolognese one with bolognese sauce over the top. That's a classic. Yeah, that's good. But when are you having it? What's the context? What's the situation? It's so versatile, Rich. So you can have it in, um, in a pub. Like it's good pub grub. So you can have that there with, you know, your chips on the side, salad, or, you know, on your way home from a night out from a greasy takeaway. Is it? That helps. It fills you up. Yeah. It absorbs. It's- absorbs the night out yeah is it difficult to eat though without a knife and fork you find a way at three in the morning yeah you find a way you're an animal yeah, at three in the an morning an... there's no standards <laughs> no one cares <laughs> have you seen it outside the northeast so i think there's one place in leeds that does it but i've never been to it i think it's because i like to keep it traditional where it's supposed to be yeah Charlotte has mentioned chips. Yeah, I was thinking that as soon as as potatoes. As soon as potatoes came up. It normally takes longer for potatoes to come up. They've come up with you (laughs) almost instantly. We've been asking everybody, where do you stand on the chips versus fries versus wedges debate? No to wedges. Had too many bad experiences. Either undercooked, too big. No, so no to wedges. Fries, time and a place. McDonald's, for example. You've got to have fries there. Chips... Yeah, all for them, but they've got to be skin on, triple cooked. I don't want any of these, you know, not oven chips, because again, they're not always cooked correctly. You always need an additional 25 minutes on oven chips, whatever mm. the cooking instruction says. I feel you need two stages. Mm. Cook first, take out, and then put them back in again. Or just don't do them at all. 
Mm. You know, or that. I knew we had Charlotte on for a reason, and it is because Food. she's articulated my view of the chips, fries, wedges mm. debate better than I could have, and, and I have had. So thank you. It's all right. I don't even buy oven chips. I'll make them from potatoes. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather do that. Oil them so you get them nice and soft. Bit you get the crispiness. Them. Yeah. Then put them in. Then take them out, and then because of the oil on it, you you get the get your oil on the hot skin. as well in the yeah. oven. So important. It's a game changer. Well, you're treating <laughs> them like a roast potato, aren't you? Really. Oh. If you will. They deserve the respect. Absolutely. No, I'm, with, I'm with you. What about sweet potato fries? No. I've never Ooh, been that on, was a quick no. I've never been on the hype. No, never. Why even... ruin a good thing? <laughs> it's like trying to top the wheel. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a fair point. <laughs> what about um, where you grew up, Charlotte? Tell us what, it, what life was like when you were young and the area that you grew up in. Yes, I grew up in a town called Yarm in the northeast um so if you ask people in yarn they'll say it's in north yorkshire but it's actually just outside of north yorkshire it's technically teesside but the people of yarn do refuse to admit that so um yeah they'll say uh, it's in north yorkshire so it's a lovely town very nice yeah childhood was good i think you, you appreciate your childhood when you're older do you know mm-hmm. when you're adult and you've got responsibilities and things like that? you don't realize how good you had it as a child and how little like few concerns you had I remember like you'd come back from school, you'd go out and play Kirby with your friends. Like the biggest inconvenience would be... Have you tried to play Kirby recently? No. It's so difficult. Have a go. It's really, really hard to hit that ball on the edge of the curb to get it to to come back. Do you know what the sad thing is? Because kids nowadays just have phones and technology. They don't understand Kirby. They will never know the joys of a double Kirby. Do you remember that? (laughs) I don't know if I ever achieved a double Kirby, but... Yeah, you're absolutely Euphoric right. Euphoric moments. Yeah. Or just walking around aimlessly on the streets. Yeah, my friend, now you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your, your, your Playstations and your TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> we used to just walk aimlessly around really dangerous streets. <laughs> Rollerblading occasionally. It used to be the times, you know, you could get be given three pounds or a fiver, go to the local news agents. You could buy it's so many sweets. You'd be in a diabetic coma by that evening if you ate them all. Freddo's were 10p. Well, mm. I do wonder whether like this generation of, of kids like my kids for example what they'll remember about their childhood because my mum and dad get really frustrated with me and my sister that especially my sister but they'll say do you remember that we went for a two-week holiday that we saved up for for a long time in florida and my sister will go no yeah. and then i'll say do you remember that time dad wouldn't let us have apple tango and she's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> um or like when you talk about like having a few quid to spend my dad um used to do he was a firefighter and there was a period of time where he'd do four days on and four days off. And my dad, being my dad, thought, well, I can't just have four days off, I'll do something else as well. So we used to clean windows. And I was walking the streets, like you say, Tilly, and I happened across him. And he gave, you know, dad's always had like loads of change in their pocket. And you're like, wow, imagine having all that change. And he just gave me a load of shrapnel <laughs> so I could go to Fat Carl's News Agents. And that was what it was called. It was a different <laughs> time, right? It wouldn't be called that now, but it was called it then. So it's fine. Um, Fat Carl. Fat Carl, yeah. Right. Um, he had a Sierra Cosworth, and he had he didn't understand stock control, so you got you got what you got. <laughs> uh, but he did have some really good sweets and crisps. My dad gave me all this money, uh, and I took it and I bought loads of sweets with it. But those are the little yeah. the little details um, that I hope my kids uh, end up with. Not that I've given them any shrapnel. Yeah, my little niece, she's always on her phone and stuff now, which we never had when we were younger. It was. You had to go out with a ball, play Kirby, walk around the street, do something like that. Mm. Get out your mum's hair or yeah. dad's hair. 
What is a real worry is, I think, Charlotte, you're 29 and you sound like a 50-year-old. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Do you remember if you used to go to the cinema and your parents, I remember getting annoyed because my parents would never let me get the pick and mix set. They'd always sneak the sweets in. Oh, no, I do agree with that. Yeah. Well, now I do. Now, now I know the prices. Parent. Now I know the prices. Yeah. I get it. But before I'd be like, it's just so horrible. Why wouldn't you just let me have the pick and mix? <laughs> now a friend of mine uh, snuck in a pre-roasted chicken into the cinema once but he yeah he got caught and it got confiscated off him until the end of the film he had to go and claim it back Uh, well jokes on them because cold chicken's great so fine (laughs) charlotte Mm -hmm. this is a question we normally start off with and it's for yourself how did you end up in research not actually 100% sure. So I left uni and I went into a job straight away, but I went into a job and I shouldn't have really. It was in recruitment and I wasn't very good at all. I think I got one person a job in six months. It was just not my bag at all. So I was very quickly looking for other types of jobs. And I'd done a project at uni that required research. So we had to do qual and quant research. And I'd remembered I'd always enjoyed it. So from that point, I was looking at different graduate schemes and the research ones were always standing out for me. And that's how I ended up getting into it. So I applied for a grad scheme, got that. And then that's how I ended up in research. The rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. So it's not a really big story or anything like that. It's just, it was just something I quite enjoyed from a project. So carried on. And what's been your best moment in research? I don't know. I did just recently get promoted. So that was a big one. I really enjoyed that. Very well deserved as well. Yeah, I enjoyed that bit. That was, I'd say that's a high so far. With that, what's been your worst moment in research? I don't know if I have a specific worst moment. I think the one times that I always hate is when, say if you finish a debrief and you can't read the client and their reaction and you're not 100% sure what they're thinking or anything like that. And that's really, I hate that because I overthink everything. So I'll come away thinking, oh no, do they not like it? Did we miss something? Was this, what's that? And that's where I just start to then wind myself up. I think that's particularly difficult um, when you're debriefing, you know, via Zoom mm. or Teams. Yeah. And it's much harder to, to read the room. Yeah. There isn't any kind of downtime. Everyone just no. says bye and, and away you go and you're Shut left your laptop. Mm. in your spare room going, was that good? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so it's tricky. But I mean, if that is your, your worst, you know, moments in, in research, I think you've been very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was reminded today, we were talking about viewing facilities and doing viewed focus groups. And we, we don't think it's open anymore, sadly. Spectrum in Leeds, still open in, in London, we think. But I've had some of my darkest days at Spectrum, my most challenging um, qual moments. Nothing to do with Spectrum, all to do with, with me. For example, I once had a group ready to go and I just thought, I'll go to the loo before I start this two-hour group. <laughs> And then when I washed my hands, I turned the tap on and it splashed me in such a way <laughs> in quite a light pair of trousers that, I mean, it looks, it was, if you were trying to make it look like you pissed yourself, <laughs> this would have been how you'd want it to look. So I, I stood there for a couple of minutes thinking, what do I do now? Because I have to go and stand in a very brightly lit room full of strangers. So in the end, I thought, there's no hiding this. I just went in and said, you will have instantly seen that I have wet myself. <laughs> but I just want to reassure you that I haven't. <laughs> that it was a difficult tap situation. And fortunately, somebody went, yeah, that tap was problematic. And then fortunately, I could sit down for the rest of it and hope that they just tried. Well, believed me for but starters. Yeah, accepted your explanation. Ha- thank you to that man that they're probably backed all me th- up. They're probably all thinking doth protest too much. Yeah. He made that. <laughs> No, I've, I've had projects where stuff's 
potentially gone wrong stuff which luckily there's been someone around who's been able to help sort it out so that's always been horrible moments that I've learned from and stuff like that but nothing too major or nothing I'd want to admit on a podcast you, you haven't <laughs> you haven't wet yourself yet not yet not in, not in a debrief not in a debrief hey look the beauty of zoom or teams is you can yeah you know you just do what's right for you no one needs no to one know knows. well no one would know would they no not unless you stood up not unless you stood up no so you're, you're, you're all right aren't you for any of the youngsters out there that are keen to embark on a career in insight what advice would you give to them so I think one of the things about insight is that a lot of people don't understand it. So if you ask my parents what I do for a living, if you ask the majority of my friends, they haven't got a clue or what they would describe as something very different to what we actually do. And I think a lot of people still think insight is you're ringing up, asking people questions over the phone, you stood on the street with a clipboard mm-hmm. and people don't understand it can be it can be interesting. There's a lot that goes into it as well. So it would probably be to kind of funny enough do your research and try and overcome all these myths about it and really find out for yourself because there's so many different parts of research I mean we've got the three main ones at Box Clever the qual quant and analytics all completely different so there's stuff for a lot of people out there and a lot of interests we've recently done the qual quant and analytics myth busting series and there were so many myths out there associated with research that it is one of those when people ask you if you're at a party or something like that what do you do and there's that I, I don't know what to say because you won't have you won't understand it it's and hard to summarize in a sentence isn't yeah it, I end well. up having to explain to people what it is and then especially at a party they're not that interested it's more just a little pleasantry higher what do you do but yeah take us back what was your first ever job first job was um it was at a local hotel and it was in what were you doing housekeeping which was, I remember a lot of my friends who'd be working in bars and restaurants at the time. They were like, oh, why would you want to do that? But actually, it worked out a lot better because I wasn't busy on evenings. I was going to say, some more sociable hours. More sociable hours. It was a good workout because you would just be moving around constantly. So it's like a free gym membership. And it was also good because we had someone coming in. Do you would... remember when we said that Charlotte was really positive? Yeah. <laughs> this is why. Having a job in housekeeping yeah. is like a free gym membership. <laughs> that is a stretch. How are you not going to... You should yeah. be the best re- recruitment consultant ever. And, and you can pretend to be a Sylvanian family with the little shampoos and yeah. conditioners as well. It's great. Yeah. And then I just go between the rooms, turn the TV on, watch, like, put some trashy TV, like Real Housewives on, something like that. And then I just go in, do a little bit of dust, clean, blitz a room, back out. And then I'd run into the next room while the adverts were on. So then I would never actually miss a bit. Oh, and we see, had it's in, all about the timing, isn't it? It is. We had someone in there to strip all the beds or anything like that. So it was all, it was okay. Yeah. Although I am very sceptical of room cleanliness now when I go to a hotel. Well, knowing what your Well, knowing how were. I cleaned a room, basically. <laughs> 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 I always wash the glasses and stuff like that before I touch. <laughs> I bring my own sheets and yeah, towels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it wasn't going to ever be recruitment. Never. But if it hadn't have been research and insight, what do you think you'd have ended up doing for a career? See, I always know the job I really wanted to do, but I would never have been able to do it because I love programmes like 24 Hours in Police Custody, all, I think like every person loves all the good Netflix murder documentary stuff like that. So I thought... You're not going to say murderer, are you? It was either that or detective. Okay. <laughs> and I wouldn't survive two minutes in prison, so it had to be detective, but I would have had to join the police force. One probably wouldn't have made it in. And then you also have to do, I think, is it two years? So on the street working there, wouldn't last two minutes. 
loving the idea that you wanted to be a detective but you didn't want to do any of the grand no, no, work, no, the police no, work that might get you there i even looked in because you know that you get family liaison officers i thought that could be a sideways move so it could be a, a step yeah. in i thought hang on maybe to be one of those you don't need to go through police but no you do they've cottoned on to that obviously is this no secret is it that there's lots of women that are really into these netflix yeah um like basically murder <laughs> series, right? Yeah. And, and my wife, Louisa, is exactly the same as that. Yeah. And I've spoken to other women as well that not only like those shows, but just as you described, sort of talked about, oh, well, when I was younger, I, I kind of wanted to be, mm. you know, like police forensics or something. And more than one of them, Louisa included, have done this, this thing where they have really started to pursue that as a career. And then they've gone to like Armley Prison or, or Wakefield or whatever, come out of it and gone, Oh, it's full of bloody criminals. That. <laughs> oh, I'm not Shock. doing that. And I said, like, yeah, yeah. What did you think it was going to be like? Um, they're like, there's no place for me. Yeah, I have. Do you know when you watch the documentaries that take you behind a prison and it's like 24 hours in, say, like army prison or something like that? And I do watch those and think, oh no. <laughs> One of those prisoners came up to me. I'd be like, just take it off. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll go in this. Yeah. You can do Tell what you want. <laughs> Tilly and I have been waiting for somebody to lead us down the road, and you've done it, where we can ask, did you used to watch Banged Up Abroad? Oh, I have seen some of that, but not, I didn't watch it loads. I think I may have been a bit too, sorry guys, a bit too young. That would make sense, actually. <laughs> but you'd love it. Yeah. It's classic. Seek doing. it out. I do like to watch those. Do you know when people have been caught drug smuggling? It's and exactly, then it's end exactly up in like that. a Cambodian prison. It's exactly yeah. that. Banged Up Abroad should have been one of the, the biggest hits of what, the 2000s? Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was a sleeper hit as far as I'm concerned. They missed out because Netflix wasn't around, was it? it sh- why is it not on? It was like Thursday not? nights, wasn't it? Nine o'clock. And it just, it was a total missed opportunity because it was just fantastic. Uh, well, I'm you had the, the story would always be incredible, wouldn't it? It'd mm. be like, oh, I'm Sharon from Huddersfield. I'm now in a Thai prison. I've been here for 25 years. And you're like, yeah. what? Oh my some of God. them were still in prison whilst being recorded. And some as well. The crimes actually weren't that bad. Some were, but some weren't. But that was what was so interesting about Banged Up Abroad was you just were so involved in how they had come to be smuggling massive amounts of cocaine <laughs> in and out of Venezuela. <laughs> like, you're like, but you were just, you know, working on checkouts at Wilco. <laughs> and, and then you became sort of accidentally a professional and consistent drug smuggler. And there's always, obviously, there's always exploitation and a tragic story about it. But you've got that. Then you've got them talking so candidly about this incredible situation. But they had the budget for the recreations, didn't they? It was incredible. It was incredible. But you're like, this. I would have just watched an interview. They were quite life, you know, they looked, not lifelike, that's the wrong word, but they actually looked like the person they were talking about. It, they, it the had pretty good actresses. production values mm. for what I think must have been quite a cheap show. Imagine what Netflix could do Banged Up Abroad now. Oh. You'd be like, is that Ryan Gosling? You'd be like, yep. <laughs> Brilliant. They've got loads of actors on the on, on contracts. Get, get it done. It's when you hear from the people who say um, they were working behind the checkouts, something like that, and then their mate said... You can earn six grand. Yeah. You've just got to take the suitcase. And then they go, I didn't think anything wrong. They promised me yeah. they wouldn't find I, I noticed it was the heavy, 30 but... kilos of drugs. But, but also there when was they... a lot of rice packets in that they said <laughs> they will never be suspected. Yeah. <laughs> but when they did know what 
they were doing. And I'm not necessarily attaching any, any blame to that because they got themselves in a situation that was probably quite dangerous. But in the recreation, there was always that same actor that played like border oh, control. always, always. Um, Slash the, the security guard in the prison. Yeah. <laughs> the recreation of the bit where they were waiting to try and get through customs was always... Like, I'm starting to sweat now just thinking about how agonisingly Did they do it then when they're like they're zooming on the dog just walking round yeah. past people yeah. and it's getting closer? <laughs> and, and you, you see know. the person sweating in the airport. Yeah. The security guys start to make eye contact with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and they talk to his mate. Yeah. And she'd be like, and the problem was I did have 25 kilograms of cocaine strapped to me. And you're like, 25 kilograms? Like, wow. Yeah. I knew at that moment it was over. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they show the security guard like taking her, like she takes her jumper off and she looks like the Michelin man <laughs> with cocaine strapped to her. She's like, I knew I was really in quite a lot of trouble. Do you have a motto or a mantra that you live by? Not really. I'll probably just say, you know, eat what you want to eat. You can work it off tomorrow. That That's a good one. Mm. I, I like that. It's one of the positives about working at Box Clever as well. The food options. Are snacks. Incredible. Well, snacks. Anyone that knows Box Clever knows that we are a food driven company. Yes. And speaking of food, if you were stuck on a dessert island, <laughs> which dessert would you most like it to be? Probably a chocolate brownie with ice cream. Ooh, mm -hmm. nice. Like the hot and cold yeah, combination? Yeah, I like that. I like the combination of the two. Just plain vanilla ice cream. Mm -hmm. Just keep it simple because don't take away from the chocolate brownie. It's a good combo. It's a classic. It's a, it's a winner. It is. Tell us about young Charlotte. What were you like at school? I was, believe it or not, very, very quiet at school. I was incredibly sporty, so I was on all the sports teams, so like netball, rounders, tennis, things like that. So I was always busy and I had a lot of sporting friends and stuff. But in class, I would just be very quiet, just kind of keep my head down, do stuff, which I know in the office I'm quite, I chat a lot, but I was very, very quiet at school. I was head girl, actually. It doesn't surprise me. You, yeah. <laughs> well, I was, I was head boy, but you're not head of your... I am I thought definitely the that's, one out here. Oh, I thought that was one of the stipulations of working at Box Clever. Yeah, I hope the powers that be don't find out that you weren't a senior prefect. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are quite a lot of head prefect. boy and head girls at Box Clever. Of course there are, cream of the crop. Yeah. <laughs> the creme de la creme. <laughs> Were you loud on the pitch, though? Yeah. I do, yeah, if, if needs be. But I wasn't one of those who just scream unnecessarily. It would be like, right, I'm here, open, or whatever, stuff like that. I'd say still probably then fairly quiet compared to the other sporting people. What about your habits, Charlotte? What's your worst habit? Oh, I don't know. Probably. Um, don't treat this like you're in an interview. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just too good at everything I do. I, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. No. <laughs> I can be quite like laid back. And if I know something needs doing, I'll be like, it's all right, it can wait. Like, if it's someone's birthday coming up, I've got the opportunity to buy the birthday card, send the present off. And I think, do you know what? No, that can wait. And then the next thing I know, the birthday was a week ago. I've not sent the card, not sent a text. I've forgotten. My bad. Tilly, go on. What's your worst habit? Uh, probably... I'm quite bad at saying no, like trying to please mm. everyone. Yeah. Like sometimes on a weekend, I like to have a day where I'm doing stuff, seeing friends. Yeah. And then I like to have a day where I'm not doing anything. And sometimes I find my weekends are just trying to please my Other friends, people. family, trying to cram them all in, seeing them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What about yours, Rich? Yeah, I was really worried you were going to ask me that. And then I was going to have to list off several, several things. I speak before I think. <laughs> um, not always sensitive to others' feelings. Um, no, I know. <laughs> I am better than I than I used to be. I think. 
Um, well, the lawsuits were racking up. Yeah. <laughs> Something had to give. <laughs> it was when a man asked me to take a suitcase full of... <laughs> that I thought, you know what, I have to change. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a massive hypocrite as well. That's good, isn't it? I've got loads. What about biscuits, Charlotte? What is your top biscuit? I'd say a club biscuit. Uh, are we talking orange? Are we talking mint? Mint, mint first. I'll never turn down an orange. No, no, no. It but would be mint first. first. It's one of the main reasons why I give blood because afterwards <laughs> they always give you a free club biscuit. It's a, it's, <laughs> and it's I a, always take two. It's a good reason to give blood. Always claim to feel faint, so take two. Oh, yeah. Oh, always. You're one of those people that waits on like an hour after you've given blood. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> 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 it's until they stop offering you the free drinks. <laughs> what about crisps? Depends what's going with the crisps. Interesting. So um, if there are dips, and when I'm saying dips, I mean kind of like the Tex-Mex style. So you've got a mixture, good combination, then just an original Dorito. Mm -hmm. Just keep it plain because then let the dips work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very much like your approach to the brownie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got to think about food, though. These yeah. people who don't think and just say, I can't understand. And then if there are no dips available... Then like something like a Thai sweet chili. Walker sensations. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it's a good choice. Good flavour, but it's not overpowering. Yeah. So it's like one or the other. If it's a standalone crisp, you want strong flavour. Yeah. If it's supporting other flavours, the dips. Yeah. yeah. What about mm -hmm. if it's with a sandwich? Does that change the picture? Either then works there, because you don't want it to overpower the sandwich too much. Go with it. So I wouldn't be too picky. What about your interests, do you have any niche or geeky interests? It is a bit of an odd one. Um, YouTube videos, but I find people who go around like deserted buildings, like old buildings. I absolutely love them. So like if they go around old asylums, old schools or hospitals, I, I, I just get really hooked on them. I think that I love leads that. us to asking you about ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts? <gasps> oh, so I don't leaving them to the extent like do you know you get those ghost like documentaries where people go and find them no like I, most haunted yeah yeah no don't believe in that i think that's a load of rubbish if there's something maybe there's like spirits i don't know but that's not that's not an answer is it no. that's like an answer richard hate and a quali group yes and no i was thinking about asking you to just follow up <laughs> can you say there we go can you say a little bit more for us about that oh cool. you've just been you've just been quals <laughs> boom I think it might be something, but I think people cash in on it. So, no, I don't. I'm interested in ghosts, but not the commercial side. <laughs> yeah. I'm in it for sort of the, you know, the I like the ones that don't do it for the money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The artists. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'd say I don't believe in them, but then if you told me a house was haunted, I would run out of there like there's no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. yeah. What about aliens? I believe it, like, the universe is that big enough that there must be some form of living life out there, but I don't believe it's like the, you know, the green googly-eyed three-fingered type thing coming down on a, a spaceship or anything like that. But again, I do love seeing those programmes like, of conspiracy theorists who say, they, you know, the, an alien came down and attacked them or something like that. I enjoy that. Yeah, those but are. But I don't believe them. They're, all, they're always in America. Always as well, aren't they? American. Oh, classic. <laughs> Charlotte, you are getting married very soon, which Yay! is incredibly exciting. Yeah. You've only been waiting... Yeah. You know, a short while. It's only been pushed back once or twice, yeah, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, just, yeah, just uh, a little bit. <laughs> so with that, what's been the biggest stress of organising your wedding? 
So it hasn't actually been that stressful. So one of the reasons why is because I um, did used to, so in the same hotel where I was in housekeeping, I then also somehow managed to move to the wedding team where I worked there during summers, during uni, so I'd help organise weddings. I and thought you said you were going to get married in the place no, that you no. used to do housekeeping. <laughs> I did too. That, I thought that was the route we were going down. You made wow. that much of a good impression, though. <laughs> no, no. So I used to work in the weddings and it, it very quickly realised you'd get some brides and grooms as well who would just become so fixated on details and everything like that that they just wouldn't enjoy it. And you also realise guests don't care about any of that. All they care about is do they have enough booze? And if not, is it cheap enough to order from the bar? They don't have to remortgage the house. Are they getting fed a substantial amount? That's always my dad's biggest problem with weddings. He comes out starving. And is the entertainment good? That's all people get. No one's ever said, come away from a wedding and gone, chicken was dry. There wasn't much food. The wine was extortionate. The music was rubbish. But you know what? Their centrepiece was stunning. And that made it. No one ever does that. I, so, thought, I thought the reading yeah. <laughs> was superb. Yeah. Never mind everything else. Yeah. So we've not really, we've focused on the food. We focused on putting extra drinks and we've got a band. So we're quite happy. So all the little things like decor things, which we're kind of sorting out now, it's just nice little added extras, which we're doing. It's more of a fun thing. If they don't get done, they don't get done. Yeah, it's like you say, it's things people yeah. don't actually notice. So yeah, so it's good. But I'd say the stresses we've had was when we had to push it back because of COVID rules. That was mm. annoying having to rebook everybody. And then... I don't know. It's why it's not awful. It's probably like kind of other people in some ways, either people not RSVPing or telling you what the menu options are or like, yeah, or just people asking you questions, things like we've said, yeah, you'll need to book a taxi because it's, there's no signal and stuff like that. So book those in advance and people are like, which taxi? What do I book? Do you, you want to go? Dare, just... I, dare I say that it is a bit like running a research project yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where you think to yourself, just Google it. You're a yeah, grown, just grown Google up. it. <laughs> How do I get to the venue? Mm. Google it. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I've had people saying, you start off at the church and then we go to the venue, yes. So how do I get between the church and the venue? And do you, I was like, I mean, that's up to you. You can walk if you want. It'll yeah. take you a bit of time. Or you can drive. That's just 10 minutes. <laughs> but it's completely up to you. I'll leave that one to you. Yeah. But even though that you might well have created and sent out an incredible itinerary people will still want to know what happens between 11 45 and 12 15 and <laughs> if you just look at page two of the itinerary, <laughs> it will tell you in great detail what about your happiness charlotte what do you think the secret is to being happy as someone that is very <laughs> smiley and happy i'd probably say it's the people you hang around with i think that can change a lot it's nothing better than when you come away from you've had a nice meal with friends and you've just laughed and had a good time and it's nice relaxing you're not having to think about what other people are thinking or what you need to say or you don't feel you have to be somebody else or anything so yeah i'd say the people if you've got nice supportive people around you that's always good yeah charlotte is there anything that most people would would believe to be true about you but that actually isn't true karen always says there's dark charlotte which some people might not get because I think everyone always sees happy smiley and Karen says there's a dark Charlotte there definitely is yeah <laughs> I've never seen dark Charlotte go on tell us it's just like the type of person who'd laugh when someone trips up you know in the street falls over that type type of that would wind somebody up move things on the table so they think they've lost things if dark Charlotte had the power of invisibility <laughs> do you think that they would use it for for good 
for evil or a bit of both? Probably say evil. Could yeah. Be, yeah. And I'd probably wind up someone like Karen, for example. <laughs> I'd just move stuff around on a desk or I'd click her keyboard as she's trying to do off some like crazy analytics and just really wind up. So she's just second guessing absolutely everything from that moment onwards. I think you should give it a go anyway. Yeah, just wind her up. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah. Is that the superpower you choose, though, invisibility, or would you go in another direction with it? Time travel would be quite good. But that's a whole different ball game, isn't it? It is. Because you're changing a lot. Well, yeah. So I would pick time travel. Mm. But I've worried about this. <laughs> I've overthought this because of the whole butterfly effect i was just about is that the ashton yeah. kutcher film i <laughs> well, was I just about to say i wasn't thinking of that but yeah. <laughs> yeah you know you buy a whisper in 1997 and it, you cause a global apocalypse in 2006 yeah. that kind of situation mm. so i decided that i want to be able to travel back through time but just as a, like a hologram like you're, you're not there you can't touch anything you can't do anything you can just observe like the christmas carol yeah mm. exactly yeah. Yeah, just, yeah just like that so i can i can see stuff um, but I can't accidentally. But you can't amend anything, can't change amend. anything. You can't amend Would you honestly anything? want to go back and look back at yourself? Because I try and forget a lot of things I've done. <laughs> or would you go to other parts? Does it have to be your own life or could you yeah. go to different? I mean, Rich, imagine if someone said you can relive the Christmas parties and you've got to stand no, and watch. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I don't want to a voyage of self-discovery. Um, no, I'd, I'd be just, yeah, I'd be going back and I think you might even get a bit bored that the past actually is just quite boring. Mm. Charlotte, do you have a brand or a product that you have an emotional connection with? I'd probably say my product one's probably quite generic, but I would say John Lewis. Yeah. I think, yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. Just for the Christmas adverts or for a... So it was the adverts that kind of hooked me in at the beginning, but then I just, I love everything about the brand. I've bought stuff from there before and there was once I did have a problem and the customer service was exceptional. The mm -hmm. shops are always really nice to walk around. They're one of those shops where even if you've got no intention of buying anything, just walking around's actually quite a nice thing to do. The staff's always nice. Everything's all laid out nicely. It's one of those that I trust with quality as well. And it's kind of one of those things where you kind of aspire to buy from. Yeah. You know, if you ever bought like your... Like M&S, like, like you, you want to be able to do your weekly shop at M&S. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to be able to, yeah, do your weekly shop that's at M&S like food. That's my goal in life, basically. Oh, yeah, if you can do that, that's always good. I think you've and made it. And then buy all your household stuff from John Lewis. Like if you uh, ever John get... Lewis, if you're listening, Charlotte will accept her hamper yeah. um, at the office. Yeah, I like <laughs> vouchers, hampers... <laughs> My friend actually did once say she got John Lewis vouchers once and she took such great pleasure. They bought um, a plate set all with the side plates, bowls, everything. And she said she's never felt more like an adult, but also more proud in her life the day she went to that till to be like, <laughs> I've made it. I have officially <laughs> made it. Oh, here's one we haven't asked. We're going to go to the airport right now, Charlotte. You get to choose where we go. Mm -hmm. Where are we going? Bit of context. Is this been expensed? Yeah, oh, yeah, we're not paying. Oh, right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Will's a oyster then, because I was just going to say we're getting the cheap flights to something like Malaga, but we can go a bit bigger now. So the cliche thing is to say Vegas, isn't it? Because... If we're not paying. Yeah, if we're not paying. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Yeah, so I just do that because I think you could have a lot of fun in a weekend there. If you watch, like, Travel Man with Richard Iowardi, he had fun in 48 hours in Vegas. So I think but I do, do that. think that's all you want in Vegas, isn't it? I think oh, you'd feel mad hours. otherwise, wouldn't you? Well, I, I, went to, I went to Las Vegas years and years yeah. ago. I was about 18 or, or 19. 
And bearing in mind I grew up in, in Great Yarmouth, I was nevertheless staggered by just how crummy it was. <laughs> I've heard that. And I was like, you know, my standards are low. <laughs> but this is, you know, I knew that. I knew that my standards were low and I was still staggered by how kind of crap yeah. Vegas was. I mean, it didn't help that we were too young to, you know. Gamble, I do. Drink or gamble, I think. So, but nevertheless, I just sort of was... It was part of like a, t a tour of the West yeah. Coast. So it wasn't like, you it know. It wasn't a soul trip to. It wasn't a big issue, but I thought this isn't what it appears yeah. to be in the movies. <laughs> yeah, I'd go to Vegas if I was going around America and had other places to go to. But if we could only go to one place and I thought, well, do you know what? Let's just get that ticked off. Yeah, and if we're no. going with Box Clever's money, Box I think it would be a different money. experience, yeah. wouldn't it? You know, we'll have an all-you-can-eat buffet. Get, if we're going with Box Clever's money, you need to get out of Europe. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> we're going far afield. What about if you were on a an island? Which of the Box Clever crew would you be taking? Well, then I'd want to get off. That would be the main thing, survival and getting off the island. So I'd want someone I who could help. I want to go off with someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thing. I think we need to, we need shelter, fire, and water. Well, hold on a minute. Let's have a little kiss in the cuddle first. Uh, no, I'd want to leave the island, like survival, try and get off. You want to get off find, straight away. Yeah, that's what I try and want to do. So I'd want someone who could help, who I'd imagine would have good survival instincts. Who do you think that might well, be? Well, it rules out quite a lot of Box Clever. <laughs> I, don't... I mean, I'd take rooms out the quality. <laughs> <laughs> We're gone. Do you know what? So <laughs> <laughs> they, they crumble. Well, <laughs> yeah. Dan does Ironman challenges, doesn't he? So he's mm. got the physical fitness. Yes. I could imagine as well, Stephen would have good survival skills. Imagine he's as well, cool, calm thinker. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I reckon he'd be able to start a fire without, yeah. you know, with the rubbing the. Whilst he's sticks. getting signal to like the planes or ships or something, he'd start you a fire so you could sit there yeah. and chill and keep warm. We've caught a bit of fish whilst, for you. Yeah, he goes out with a flare or something to try and get a ship mm. to come near us. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking, down, it's down to Dan or Stephen. Or yeah. we're going Stephen. Mm. Difficult. Both? Can I... <laughs> I think if, if you've got both, I don't think you'd want to leave. You'd be like, well, slow down, fellas. <laughs> Let's just have a week in the sun. <laughs> Stephen's caught a couple of fish. <laughs> The fire's, the fire's not going to go out. It's fine. We've got a bit of shelter. We'll, let's just, you know. Let's just chill. Yeah, let's do, I bought some Factor 50. We're going to be all right. Dan's <laughs> run into the desert. He's already got all yeah. the supplies to create yeah. the shelter. They've, they're starting their own community out there. Yeah. <laughs> Tilly, who would you take? Oh, tough one. I think Karen would, would know a lot yeah. about survival outside. I don't know why I feel just mm. like she'd be quite calm about it as well. Well, I, I can't agree that she'd be calm. I think, I think she would, probably wouldn't. But I do agree she'd get some shit done. Yeah, yeah. she really yeah. would. Yeah. I'd... I tell you who'd be a dark horse, Andy. Oh, yeah. He's very practical. He is. And I bet he'd know, because he likes all his history documentaries and stuff. I bet he'd know what we know about the island. And I bet he could be able to give you a bit of history on it. Oh, well, yeah. That's no good, and is he it? Was... You're, you're, you're freezing to death. He's telling you facts about World War II. <laughs> The wars that have this was actually place. critical <laughs> to the war in the Pacific. But he might know if there's any supplies on it or anything yeah. like that. Well, I was thinking more he'd be good at building a shelter. Yeah, he'd be good at that. Yeah. It'd be, I mean, it'd be really stylish. You'd be like, this is really nice, Andy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also, got a Scandinavian feel to it. <laughs> Deb could be quite good because I think she'd be fearless of all the animals and stuff out there. Yeah, that's true. Deb, they'd, Deb they'd be more be scared of her. She goes camping a lot as well. Yeah. Charlotte, as we anticipated... You have been incredibly positive. So we have to ask you about regrets. Oh. Are there things that you'd like to change if you could? Have you had sliding doors moments where you've gone the wrong way? 
No, I think, and I think this is something everybody says if they haven't done it. I went straight from university into a job and I wish now I had actually done a year's travelling, something like that. And I think it's very easy, especially if you do go to university, to get into the mindset that you've got to get a job, you've got to start earning money, then you've got to get on the property ladder and blah, 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 blah. Otherwise, you're going to be really far behind and you'll never catch up, etc. And, you know, graduate schemes only come around only so often and things like that. Whereas actually, I know so many people who went traveling, they're in exactly the same situation, no one's behind. And I now hang around with people who are quite a few years older than me and it, or younger than me, and it, it doesn't make a blind bit of difference at all. And I think you would find a way to make it work, whether that's financially or something like that, you'd find a way. Because mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the big things that put me off it. Was the... Yeah, the finances. And then when you've got it in your head that, you know, you need to start a job, you need to save for a property, you need to do this, and actually just blowing... Well, it would be seen as blowing a couple of thousand and going for a trip somewhere or mm-hmm. seeing different countries might not be the best thing to do. So I think that's what I would have changed. And if you were to go traveling, where do you think you would have gone? Oh, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I'm coming. I'm about going to go to Australia. I'm doing that. For your honeymoon? Yes. So going just after Christmas there. So we're doing Singapore, Australia and then Dubai on the way back. But so we're going to go around Australia, but obviously it's so big, can't do everything. So that could have potentially been an option to really travel yeah. around that area and see that we've got family out there as well. So that could have been good. I think everyone says that if they haven't been traveling, that's the one thing I think people do regret. Mm. Put it this way, I've never heard anyone who's traveled saying they wish they hadn't. Yeah. So, yeah that's exactly. probably the other way of looking at it. Well, there were a few people on Banged Up Abroad <laughs> who did say that. Charlotte, one, it might be an awkward one, but if you were to ask our clients to do some one thing differently, what would you ask them? I think this is, I mean, this is not the case for all of them, but I think for some it's be really sure what you're wanting the research to achieve. I think that's so important because there's some where you can tell they've got an idea about what they want it to, but then the scope can slightly change throughout the project. And actually, whereas they think they're asking just a, changing something by just a little bit, it can actually change it, the research quite a lot. And mm-hmm. it can mean we have to ask different questions. It can change methodologies, things like that. So I think being very certain from the beginning, we can create the best methodologies for you, etc., to make sure you get the most out of the research instead of potentially trying to find information that we really haven't got that much of. If you could say thank you or sorry to someone, Charlotte, who would it be and what would you say? I don't know. You'd probably probably say my parents because they did give me so much. They helped me, supported me, put up with me quite a lot. So, yeah, I'd probably say thank you to them for helping me get to where I am. Thank you, Charlotte. All right, thank you. So, there you have it. It's not just canny questionnaires and I'll read analysis i'm so sorry charlotte excellent (laughs) there's so much more to insight and the people behind it we must say a massive thank you to charlotte for being with us today and for being such a superstar we hope you've had as much fun as we have on our next podcast we're joined by claire warman the last founding partner of box clever that we're yet to interrogate a recent winner of the aqr qualitative excellence award claire's passion is to help brands gain a deeper understanding of their audience She also loves adopting a stray animal and the odd bit of techno music. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So do get in touch with us via our Twitter account, at WeBoxClever. And let's get a hashtag trending, hashtag SoapBoxClever. And that's all one word. And you can also email us via our email, which is TillyLewis at BoxCleverConsulting.com. 
So if you've got a question about market research, chicken parmo, or you just want to talk about desserts, then get in touch. (laughs) And thank you for listening.